I want y'all to know is, is that today, this is something that has been really hard for me because I was like, man, this would be so cool to be up, get up here and preach about God's love and the cool love story of, with Jose and Gomer, had it already. And then God just, honestly, I was looking through some old notes and I found this and I was like, this is what he wants me to talk about today. And um, stuff that happened later the week kind of confirmed that. But uh, one thing that we can all agree on, Thanksgiving, uh, we all ate too much. That's probably one thing. The next thing we agree on is, is that this, this time of the year is so busy. Can we agree? Like, it's like you hit Thanksgiving and then it doesn't stop until the next year. Like, there's just stuff going on. There's, there's Christmas plays. There's, there's Christmas parties. There's meetings. There's all these other, the end of the year, you know, end of the semester, uh, band concerts and games. And it's all, like, it's just crazy, crazy busy. Trying to get Christmas lists done, trying to brave the mall at Amarillo. Um, if any guys want to learn patience, I just encourage you after the service to go to the mall in Amarillo. Um, man, it is crazy, but it's so busy for everybody. And we have lists that we have for presents that we're trying to get taken off and, you know, trying to survive just the craziness of Black Friday. Uh, that's where we're at today. And so that being said, um, have you ever just felt like your life is a giant checklist? This is like one thing after another. Especially I can understand like some of these um, guys in college. It's like, go to class, do homework, um, try to hang out with some friends a little bit, you know, eat supper, and then wake up and do it all over again. And, you know, for us, it could be wake up, go to work, feed the kids, um, tuck them in, go to bed and do it all over again. And it's just like all these things that we got to get done. I got to go to the grocery store, got to get these things. Um, how many of you have like a daily checklist? Okay. The rest of you, I envy because you can remember things that I can't remember. Uh, my wife will give me a checklist to go to Walmart and I'll come back with everything but what was on that list. Um, I have to have a checklist. And uh, she's like, what did you, why did you get this? I was like, man, they were good deals, babe. I was like, they're on sale. It's a good deal. Buy one, get one free. Um, had to do it. And so today I want to um, dive into some scripture that uh, talks about this opportunity of a lifetime. And that's kind of the central message that I'll be saying over and over is it an uh, opportunity of a lifetime. How many of you would um, have heard that phrase, opportunity of a lifetime? Yeah, me too. Um, it's like, man, hey, this is an opportunity of a lifetime. You know, uh, usually ends up with someone taking advantage of you and uh, selling you something that's really not. I've had that happen. This is opportunity of a lifetime. You're going to make a million dollars next year. You know, that did not work. Uh, but I, I want to just get into scripture. But before I do, let's just pray. Heavenly Father, um, even in this moment, Lord, my mind is running over things of like that I need to address, to say, and Lord, I just um, give that all to you right now. I pray that you will speak through me. Lord, I just um, humble myself because I do not have this figured out, but Lord, I'm trying. And Lord, I think that that's one thing that you want from us today is just to try. So Lord, I pray that we try to apply what you have to teach us today. Bless this time of just getting into your word and let it penetrate our hearts. Jesus, now I pray, amen. All right, so let's go to Luke chapter 10. And we're gonna start in verse 25. You probably have all heard this story. It's the story of the Good Samaritan. Uh, most of you have heard this growing up in church and I wanna take a little bit of a different perspective on it today. And it says, starting off in verse 25 of chapter 10 in Luke and behold, a lawyer stood up to put him to the test, saying, teacher, 
what shall I do to inherit earth or to inherit eternal life? He said to him, what is written in the law? How do you read it? And he answered, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength and all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, you have answered correctly. Do this and you will live. But he, the lawyer, desiring to justify himself, said to Jesus, and who is my neighbor? Jesus replied, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho and he fell among robbers who stripped him, beat him and departed, leaving him half dead. Now by chance, a priest was going down the road and when he saw him, he passed on the other side. So likewise, a Levite, and when he came to that place and saw him, he passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, <clears throat> but a Samaritan, as he uh, journeyed, came to where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. He went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring olive oil and wine. Then he set him on his own animal and brought him to an inn and took care of him. And the next day he took out two denarii, which is about two days' wages today, and gave it to the innkeeper, saying, Take care of him, and whatever more you spend, I will pay you when I come back. Which of these three do you think proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell among the robbers? He said, the one who showed him mercy. And Jesus said to him, you go and do likewise. All right. So the passage starts out and who is it that's challenging putting Jesus to the test? Who is it? It's a lawyer. Um, and a lawyer's in it. It would be a lawyer, you know? Like it would be a lawyer that would be arguing um, with someone. Uh, it's kind of what they do for a living. Uh, but uh, Jesus asked the man, what does the law say? Because he knew that this lawyer, I mean, he knew the, the laws back on the back of his hand, front of his hand. He knew, he knew all of it, okay? So he asked him, he said, what does the law say? He replied with the great command, love God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind. And that he's addressing is a vertical relationship is what I call it, between us and God. And then he says, love your neighbor as yourself. That's a horizontal relationship with us and other people, okay? So that's how he answered the question. And then he started realizing, am I really loving everyone? And so he tried to justify himself. You never try to justify, justify yourself usually unless you're wrong. Can we agree on that? Like, it's like, man, you are making this way harder than it has to be. Just say that's something I need to work on. And so uh, looking at this, it says, uh, he justified his lack of love and doing the bare minimum. It's like, if I do my checklist of do's and do nots, then I'm good to go. Uh, he asked him, he's like, who is my neighbor? It shows that he has a head knowledge of what to do, but that he's not applying it. And then G Jesus answered his question with a story. And it says this <clears throat> in verse 30 through 37. Uh, I want to just, let's just go ahead and reread that again. A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho. Now, that man was a Jew, okay? And I want to identify him first because this guy is a Jew. He is, uh, the, the priest and Levite were also Jews. And Samaritans, uh, let's just put it this way. They refer to them as half-breeds. Uh, they were not from the pure lineage of David that was Jews who married with foreigners and they were looked down upon big time, okay? Despised, hated, the whole works. And so it starts off with um, this man who was a Jew who got help uh, from a Samaritan. But before it, I want to really dig in here. And it opens the parable with the Jewish man. Next character on the scene is who? It's a priest. Now, just to kind of give it to forward it to modern times, a priest would be equivalent to like a head pastor, okay? 
So let's just say, and then the temple will, will collate to this church building just for us to be able to see this today, how it plays out. The priest served in the temple, offered sacrifices. In today's terms, he'd be like a head pastor. He was the head of the, that temple. And then a Levite, he was a temple assistant. He would be kind of like an associate pastor, youth pastor in today's terms, and um, would look kind of like that. So these are the two guys that um, passed by the uh, man, the Jew, who was beaten, robbed, and left halfway for dead. Now, my question is, why did they leave him there? You know, they saw him. It says both of them saw him. And then even to the point, went to the other side of the road to keep going. Why? Well, uh, there was a law that if they came into contact with a dead body, they would be rendered unclean. And they would have to go through this big old ceremonial ritual thing that lasted a week to purify themselves so that that way that they could go back to doing what they were supposed to be doing in the temple. Now, that meant that they would lose basically a week of productivity or being able to serve because they'd have to go through this ritual process, okay? So that was like, one of the things is that, man, if I go and help this guy and if he dies while we're helping him, then I got to go through this entire thing and it's going to really be an inconvenience to me, okay? Another thing is, is that maybe they saw him and they judged him because, you know, they're like, man, look at him and said, man, I hate that that happened to him. And, um, you know, he must have done something wrong. And why would someone beat him like that? Whatever. They could have done that. But I really think another part is, is the fear. Is that if I help him, what if they rob me too? I mean, and I've shared this story in the first service is that if I hear about stuff happening at the Georgia Street Walmart in Amarillo, I don't go there. Um, you know, uh, I just like, this freaks me out. I just don't want to go there. Maybe that was them. Maybe that was them. We don't know the reason, but we know that they just didn't do anything and they passed him by. Now, this lawyer, like I said, he saw everything from a legalistic point of view. He saw the path to heaven as a giant checklist of do's and do nots. Uh, the Pharisees developed a system. They developed man-made laws and there were 613 laws. There's many of us today that may not be able to tell you the Ten Commandments, honestly. Can you imagine remembering 613? 613 laws. 365 were, um, I, was, I put like negative commands. That was the do nots. And then 248 were the do's. And so uh, Jesus flipped the script and he really focused on the horizontal relationship and showed him that the neighbor in this passage obviously didn't mean a fellow Israelite. Uh, because the Samaritan was, they hated and despised each other and he helped them. And so the other thing is, is that um, we need to know today is this. It's not so much about who is my neighbor. Jesus made it very clear that it is this. But who shall you be a neighbor to? Not who is it, but who, who shall you be a neighbor to? I want you to chew on that and think about that for a little bit. We can't have a healthy vertical relationship with God if we don't have a healthy horizontal relationship with each other. We cannot have a healthy vertical relationship with God if we don't have a healthy relationship with each other. Let's go hand in hand. Because it says love God and to love others. And many times I think we choose who those others are. And I know I do. And that's why I want to share a story with y'all. Some of you may have already heard this. Um, one of the 
things that probably impacted me the most in recent years. Uh, it was a really cool thing that I saw was I was at United and Dexter, a uh, really friendly kid, uh, probably at that time was around 18 or so, I'm guessing. And uh, he was checking people out in his line. And you could tell everybody was impatient because that line was backed up. You know, that back row where you walk and go down the aisles, it was backed up down to the aisles. And so you could tell like people were getting impatient and like, oh my gosh, hurry up. Well, this mom was there and she had about three young kids. Um, the oldest, I would say probably seven or eight. And uh, she had some bananas, some ramen noodles and uh, like a can of like vegetables there. And she went to pay and um, her card came back and was declined. And so uh, Dexter saw her and she's like, hey, I'll just leave it here. I'm sorry. And she's gathering her kids up to walk out. He said, hang on one second. Let me try it one more time. He reaches in his pocket, pulls out his own credit card, slides it through and says, looky there. It went through that time. That's what the church should look like. That is what the church should look like. And if that don't do something to your heart today, then your heart's not in the right place. I'm just gonna call it for what it is. Because what he did was, is that not only did he meet a need, no one knew he did it. I did, because I watched very closely. But I was watching so closely that why didn't I do it? Well, I'll tell you why. It's because one of the little boys who was like seven, he had those gloves on with the fingers cut off. And I'm like, oh, this kid thinks he's a fighter, you know, like he's got his big black jacket on. He thinks he's, you know, something special, whatever. And... That's what I was thinking when all this was happening. But here's what happened was, is that Dexter saw a need and he acted on it. And you know what? He did it to where she could save face. He didn't do it to glorify himself. He did it to where she could save face and it wouldn't be embarrassing to her. I don't know if Dexter's a Christian, but I imagine he is. But this brings me to the character that we've really not hit on and we've talked about, but not really hit on it. And that's a Samaritan. Look at his, it's real simple. Look at his actions. He saw, just like the priest and the Levite did. He had compassion. He's like, man, this is, this is, I need to help them. Just like Dexter did. And then he acted. I think many of us see, but we don't have compassion because maybe we're jaded. I think that we see and we have that compassion, but it's too big of an inconvenience right now for us that it'd be better off just to move on because I got too much I got to do. But to see, to have compassion and to act, that's where God shows up. He saw an opportunity and acted. This is what he did. He bound up his wounds, took him into the inn, paid for the bill, went above and beyond. In verse 35, it shows you that. Because he says, I will repay him or pay you anything that is owed when I come back. So if anything else is on this guy's bill, I'm going to take care of it. The Samaritan didn't just leave him there, but he also, he followed up. He followed up on him. I mean, he could have said, hey, here, take care of him. And then, you know, good riddance. But he said, I'll be back. And if there's anything else that he needs, I'll take care of it. To me, that's like, it's, it's showing that a big problem I think we have in church today is we may say the thing of like, hey, oh, they're having surgery. I'll be praying for you. But we don't follow through and say, how did the surgery go? How was that? And I, I've been like convicted on this because it's real easy to say, yeah, I'll be praying for you. It's kind of like the natural ministry response. I'll be praying for you. And um, one thing that hit me was, uh, and this is, I'm not trying to just, 
destroy Justin up here, but there's some things that I want y'all to learn from my mistakes. Mary, uh, who worked at Walmart, she works in the deli. Um, she's a Hispanic lady, super sweet. Uh, I got to know her because she worked through, with my brother and got to develop a little bit of a relationship with her. And then she was like, hey, you're a pastor, aren't you? And I'm like, yeah. And she said, could you please pray for my daughter? She's 34 years old, just had a heart attack, and she's not doing real well. And I'm really worried about her. And I said, yeah, what's her name? And I felt so good about myself. like, man, I'm doing so good. So I put it in my phone. I'm like, I'm gonna put it on our prayer chain, you know, and like, I'm, you know, good job, Justin. And I walk out of there and God hits me like with a two by four across the face and says, why didn't you just pray for her there? There was no one else in line. There was no one else to be waiting on. Why didn't I just pray for her there? Was it fear? Was it inconvenience? I think it was a lot of those things. I mean, I even thought about praying. I'm not gonna lie. I thought about it for a little bit, but I'm like, okay, so I like lean across the food section and like hold her hand or, you know, how does this work? Or, I mean, what if I'm upset someone because they're waiting in line? You know, but the big one was, man, I got so much to do at the church today. I'm gonna get behind. I've got to get this stuff done. I got to get back. I was focused on the checklist. And... um I missed a great opportunity. I have gone back two or three times to Walmart and looked for Mary, but she hasn't been there working when I was there. Just to tell her, say, hey, I have been praying for your daughter. But guys, this is what the church should look like. Like we think about church and it's like coming together on Sunday mornings and that's great and everything. But honestly, we've, we've made it like that's what church is. It's coming together on Sunday mornings. That's the Super Bowl. It's all about Sunday. Everything we do is preparing for Sunday. And I, I feel like God's laid in my heart is like, that's not the way it should look. Sunday is where we get the game plan to put into action Monday through Saturday. Monday through Saturday is the game. This is just practice, guys. We're, we're, we're together around, majority of us probably are believers and we're in a safe place. And, you know, and it's a time to, for us to go and to practice and to give God's word and say, hey, here's how you do it. But the thing that's concerning to me is, is that we make, and on checklist, I went to church. Stop going to church, be the church. Stop going to church, be the church. Like, because I want you to know is, is that we come here and this should just be to prepare us to send us out into the real world to apply what we've learned. Shane said a long time ago that unapplied truth is like unapplied paint. It doesn't do anybody any good. It just sits there. It's where we get that game plan to do what God purposes us here to do, to love him, love others, make disciples. What would it look like that before we ask someone to come to church, which we don't do that much anymore anyways, across, I don't talk about living water, I'm talking about in the United States. Instead of inviting um, someone to church, what if we started off by just inviting them to come into our lives? That's where Jesus shows up. We live in a day and age where we think that we are so connected with everybody through social media and everything else. We are the most disconnected we have ever been. When is the last time you've had a stranger come to your house for supper? I can't tell you the last time I have. I honestly don't even remember. And, you know, we try to justify it of like, well, here's the deal. You know, I, I mean, what if they come in there and they, they shoot up our home? And one of the people that 
God really put on my heart was Lorraine. She's an older woman from United and Lorraine is not gonna shoot up our home. But I think so many times we don't do it because we think that everything has to be perfect. Oh, the house has to be perfect. This has to be perfect. This has to be clean. And we gotta have all this done. And so that we put our best foot forward. The food has to be prime rib and lobster. But here's the deal. If we're not careful, we become a Martha real easy and miss the big picture. Hey, if your house is sanitary, but lived in, it's okay. And if you throw some brats on the grill or some hot dogs, it's okay. Because you know what that does? It takes the pressure off of that family coming in and think, you know what? We could have them over and we can do hot dogs real easy. But here's the deal is that on Facebook and doing that, all we're doing is showing is like, here is perfection and this is what we live in and that's not reality. But those are the things that like we justify to keep ourselves from, from having people over. We're too busy. We don't have time to. I barely have time to feed my own kids. But slow down. Slow down. You can't, you can't love somebody if you don't know them. I've been married to my wife for 10 years, but I have no clue who she is. I love her. Doesn't that sound crazy? You can't, you can't, you got to know them. You got to meet them. You got to rub shoulders with them. So my question is today, do you see your life as a giant checklist or do you see it as opportunities? And guys, opportunities are all around us. Not just with Dexter, but one story I didn't share in the first service, I want to share in this one that God just put on my heart was we were going to a basketball game and uh, to watch my brother play. And so in small towns, they do this. They, like the bus is here and there's a line of cars following them to the game. Small towns, that's what they do, okay? So there's a line of cars following the bus and they're, as after the game was over, blizzard hits, nasty weather, negative temperatures. I mean, high, high wind blowing in, awful, awful weather. We're driving back in that and my mom's car breaks down. And so here's the cool story in this whole thing. My mom's car breaks down and yet all these cars of people we know are just passing us, just passing us. People I go to school with, people we go to church with, just shh, shh, shh. This guy that he's a kid, he's probably, I don't know, probably around that 18, 19 years old age. He pulls up in his old truck sees what's going on. And he said, hey, first things first here. Um, I want y'all to get in my truck. I want to take you to my house and we're going to get you guys supper. You know, y'all warm up my house and I'll take care of your car. So my mom's like, uh, you know, like, okay. So he, at that time, um, went there and he said, I'll tell you what I want to do. My wife's in here with the kids. There's not enough room for me to go back with y'all. Are y'all okay just going back with my wife? So he stays there. He does not have a jacket on, no gloves. I mean, you can tell he just jumped in to grab something and, and was gonna go right back home. But in that weather, he went and fixed my mom's car. And it had a huge impact on us because he was a complete stranger. He went above and beyond. He fed this, put us in a warm home while he was out in the cold working on the car. I want y'all to know is that's what church looks like. That's what church looks like. 
There are opportunities all around us. There's opportunities that I see of like when, just put it this way, you're taking your kids to school and it's crazy. I know it's crazy. They're screaming. They forgot their lunch. They don't have this or have that. And you're just stressed out and that's how you start your day. What if you saw that time as an opportunity to love your kids? How is it going? Hey, today you're gonna do awesome. Keep your head up. You're gonna ace that test that you were studying for. You got this. And when we get done, we're going to go and I'm going to take you guys and we're going to go to McDonald's and celebrate. But so many times we see that as a burden and not as an opportunity. I've seen it in my own life with my little girl. She's been having severe, 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 severe reflux. Even the point where she stops breathing. So we got to wake up at night, elevate her, take care of her. And, you know, I'm just like, man, this is so exhausting. And God hit me and he was just like, again, This is an opportunity, Justin, to show your daughter how much you love her. Pray over her. Read her a book. Make the most of this opportunity that you have. So many times in life we see that as burdens, but they're not. They're opportunities. And I want you all to know is that there's opportunities all around us. There's opportunities in here that most of the time we don't know about because we don't really know each other. We see each other, we know their names, but we don't do life together. Invite people into your life. And here's why. It's because my mother-in-law and father-in-law was telling about what I was going to preach about, and they said, real quick, I just want to share with you a story. And in that story, they shared um, about a pastor who had a neighbor who was a lesbian and he kind of had this stereotypical thing like, oh, I do not want to talk to her. I don't approve of that, blah, 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 blah. And God humbled him and said, it's not about you. Love your neighbor. She is your neighbor. So he says, hey, uh, would you like to come over and have supper with my family? And she's like, well, can I bring my girlfriend too? He said, yeah, that's fine. Bring her. Months, months and years went by. And they continue to do life together. And to this day, she is now a believer and has completely turned from that life. But he never once told her she was wrong. She asked him and that, uh, he, he gave her the truth. But he, he said it all started with having her come over and eating hot dogs and like macaroni and cheese. Guys, we're, we're, I think we're missing it. It's an awesome opportunity that's all around us. When you go into work, do you see it as, I've got to get this done today? Or do you see it as, there are opportunities which are people all around me? I mean, if we can't love God, if we can't love others, then what are we really doing as a church? Because when you invite someone into your life, they get to see Jesus be real in your heart, in your life. And if they see that, if they see Jesus, then they can't leave there unchanged. And I want y'all to know is that this time is the busiest time of the year, but it is one of the biggest times for great opportunities. Kind of like even the daddy-daughter date night. Well, you know, that's kind of an inconvenience and, you know, that's just a lot of money. It's an awesome opportunity to make a memory with your little girl, no matter how old she is. 
And so I just want to share this with y'all and just tell you that it, it may be uncomfortable. It probably is going to be, but it's worth it. We had a, this happened in um, my life this week and we had a deal where we came up and this guy in our church saw an opportunity and he ministered to us. And man, I can't tell you how thankful I am for that. It meant the world. We had a lady in our church that saw an opportunity when we were getting our EEG to see if our daughter was having seizures and she came up and sat with us. Didn't, even t- didn't tell me, didn't make this big deal. Like, I'm coming, you know. She came there and then huh, we forgot formula. So she goes and buys us formula. And formula is not cheap. That stuff is expensive. If you guys want to get into a business, get into the formula business. Like stuff is like powder gold. But it was, I saw an opportunity and acted. I didn't expect anything in return. What would happen if we started doing this in this community? Change will happen, I promise you. It says Colossians 4, 5. This is the last verse I want to close with. Live wisely among those who are not believers and make the most of every opportunity. Colossians 4, 5. Live wisely among those who are not believers and make the most of every opportunity. Here's a little side note. Isn't it a little ironic? The next verse talks about let your conversation be gracious and attractive. It's, there's opportunities all around. When you go to Walmart, do you just see that person as kind of like a machine? Like, hurry up, scan my stuff and let me get out of here. I don't want to really want to talk to you. I don't want to have a conversation. I don't want to donate to the pets of America. I just want to get my groceries and go home. And I, that's the way Justin usually functions. And I'll feel good. Like, hey, how are you doing? You have a good, good, good. Okay, just keep going, you know? What would it look like if we just stopped and talked to them? Asked them how they were doing? <laughs> Invite them over for supper? People don't turn down free meals, people. Okay, they don't. Free meal, okay, cool. We'll go do it. Our focus should be pray and ask God to show us opportunities as we complete the daily task of the day. There is nothing wrong with having a checklist, but it's wrong for that checklist to be our sole focus, that we lose people around us. After we pray, hear this, everybody, slow down. It can wait. If your kid has to wait on you five minutes later at school, guess what? He'll probably enjoy it. And if not, the teachers will call you and tell you they have them and they're taking care of them. It will be okay. Slow down and actively look for those opportunities. And when we see that opportunity, don't do it unless God is telling you to do it. That's why I'm not saying find someone today and give them $20. That may not be what God's telling you to do. It may just say, thank you. Appreciate you. Thank you for your service. Are you doing okay today? How are you really doing? God will direct you. And just like he did with Mary, I knew I should have prayed with her and I didn't. Be obedient. And when he leads you to do something, do it. And this is the last little nugget I want to give you is that today, when we do give, we always think of it as money. And it's not just money, it's time. It's honestly, it's following up. How did that go? Do y'all need anything? 
hey, I'll, I'll be checking on you. Let's see if y'all need anything. That's what the Samaritan did. But guys, we get focused and a lot of times when we give, I give, it's out of abundance, not out of need. It's like, oh, well, yeah, I can help them out. I can give them, I got 20 bucks right here. And there's been many times God saying, no, I want you to step out in faith and do this and trust me with the results. It's hard. But I want, if you want to have a meaningful Christmas and um, a meaningful year, a meaningful life, make the most of the opportunities we have because life is short. I said it in the first service, when my family gets together for the last several years, the next Thanksgiving, next Christmas, we're missing at least one member that are no longer with us. We're to that age and we're to that time. Make the most of every opportunity. My grandma said at the last Thanksgiving we had with her, one request, put your phones up. She said, that's all y'all do is just this the entire time. Put your phones up and let's be a family and have fun together. That's all I want. That's all I want for Christmas. That's all I want is just put your phones up. Because this, if we're not careful, can be a huge distraction. Look for those opportunities and go with me in prayer. Heavenly Father, I just come to you and I'm thankful that you give us opportunities. You give us the opportunity to follow you and put our faith in you. You give us the opportunity to tell other people about you. You give us the opportunity to love on other people. Lord, you give us opportunities in our life where we're loved on. Lord, the definition of love is meeting someone else's needs, expecting nothing in return, and having no demands. It's that simple. But God, I pray today that we don't miss it. For those, Lord, that are here and making the most of every opportunity, I'm thankful for them. Because each opportunity we have with people that we come into contact with, Lord, is the biggest opportunity is for us to be able to show them what you look like. God, just guide us and direct us. Give us wisdom and discernment on what to do, what to say, and Lord, to just be you to other people. I pray that nothing is done out of selfish ambition, but Lord, done purely just to give, Lord, to you. There is a lost world all around us, and Lord, I pray that we will reach out to them. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.